This weekend at the box office, audiences must have left the theaters last weekend with big old grins on their faces because they told their friends as Smile had a remarkable hold in its second weekend. Plus, the two newcomers disappointed as we await the return of Michael Myers. Speaking of the shape himself, Flicker Tree continues with a special guest as we discuss the second trilogy in the Halloween franchise. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 213th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host Brian. And I'm your host Noah and I'm going to need a little help here. Okay. Uh, smile, smile, crocodile. Uh, well, how, do I, how do we get there? How do we make that Smile, work? smile, crocodile? Yeah. Because um, it's sitting right there. Right. It's so obvious it hurts. So, okay, let's see. Uh... Crocodile's not smiling. So, uh, um, d- uh, Paramount is asking Sony, "Why aren't you? Sm- why don't you smile? Smile, Crocodile? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, and like they're taunting them. They're yeah, mocking them. I don't know. I not great. Yeah, it's tough because like it, it, it would be so great if they both did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's just not quite the case. I. Which is tough, but, you know, smile, smile, crocodile. It's there. Enough of that, though, perhaps. Uh, Let's get into the top five. Uh, In honor, of course, obviously I'm going to honor Amsterdam this week with my top five. The film. Uh, Yes, yes, the film. Not the Uh, film. No, I've never been. I'm sure it's very nice. I'm sure it's great. Heard good things. Uh, So I have listed my top five city movies. Okay. Movies uh, listing, uh, listing a city in the title. How many uh, there are? Did you do this off off your head or did No, you, I did not. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I looked it up. Uh, it turns out there's a lot. I can think of one. Is it just the name in the title or is it can no, it be no, like they, New no. York Minute? No, they they just have to okay. contain a name in the All title. Right. So New York Minute. Uh, yes, number 1. Yes, New York Minute is number uh, 1. I'm going 1 to 5 uh, this week, which is unusual. Detroit Rock City. That was a movie. That's one. Yeah. Didn't make my list. I uh, number 5 did make my list. Battle LA. Yes, that was on many of the lists that I uh, that I looked for. Uh, Meet me in St. Louis mm. is the number five. Uh, a movie, a a classic movie, brought to brought to both of our attentions the by Miami this very podcast. Connection. The Miami Connection. Yeah, it's like a famously bad movie. Okay, never heard of it. Uh, it's no Meet Me in St. Louis. I I, uh, I guarantee you that. Uh, Debbie does Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I, I straight into my number four. I uh, yeah. Meet me in St. Louis. Uh, delightfully weird film dallas buyers club yeah i uh, covers uh covers a gamut of holidays it's known as sort of a uh, a christmas movie austin powers yeah okay i i don't think that i would qualify that for this list mm. but very technically speaking if you were making your own list i would not uh, i would not begrudge you uh, though there are many great options that actually qualify to choose from, like my number four, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Uh, Ooh, I was only thinking of America. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we're, oh, we're honoring Amsterdam here, man. Roman Holiday? Does that uh, count? When in Rome. Yeah, When in Rome. I don't think Roman Holiday would work for All me. All right, so When in Rome, that was a rom-com. I, yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, one, of, uh, one of the best from Wes Anderson 
possibly my favorite of his. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Uh, it's it's way up there. Uh, just a, a great movie. Sydney that... White. The Amanda Bynes Snow White. Okay. Thing. But Sydney, I, Australia. I, I, don't, I don't know that one. Uh, Tokyo Story. Yeah. Yeah, I think Grand Budapest Hotel kind of perfectly blends the uh, meticulous, over-engineered Wes Anderson style with... <laughs> A uh, strong script and interesting characters. I agree. Uh, is Shanghai a city? Yeah, I mean, it's a... I don't know that it is, like, technically, quote-unquote, a city. It All might right. be, like, a principality or Fine. something. But alone. No, but no, but it's, like, it's not a country. Shanghai so Noon. That would qualify. Shanghai Nights. Uh, my uh, four through two are all not in America. Uh, my number three is in Bruges, though. Okay, sure. I. Uh, Really, really speaks to the quality of the very top of this list that In Bruges comes in at my number three uh, for a period of time. Under the Tuscan sun. Tuscany. Close. Oh, that yeah. Doesn't, yeah, I guess that doesn't work. Uh, it was just one of my favorite movies ever. Recently uh, rewatched it and is still just just incredible. Uh, could not be more excited, by the way, for the Banshees of Inishirin, uh coming so to a theater near you soon. Probably. All right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it makes the next version of this list. My number two and number one. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, that would count. I I don't know if that's a real place. I yeah. Well, uh, while you look that up, up. my number two and number one, I could not. It was so hard to distinguish between the two because they are both like just absolute top of the top tier all time movies. Fargo, that's going to be on your list. It is. I, <laughs> and it is one of the ones I'm choosing between. And ultimately, I'll just do them both, as uh, as you've shown. Uh, you've shown Fargo there. Fargo will come in at number one. Of course. Leaving I'll number two to be Casablanca. Chicago. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, which is a movie that is Not like... Not even our homesick. Now, that, 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 was, that was on the short list. Mm-hmm. I... I mean, what is there to say about Casablanca? A movie that's so good that one like of you the... kind of forget that it's just a city in Morocco. Yeah, one of the best uh, scripts just, ever just written. See, it just seems like a word. Hysterical as well. Yes. Uh, truly truly an all-time great movie, as good as movies can get. It's an get. all-time joke uh, in that movie. The, uh, the, the gambling winnings? Yeah. yeah. You're winning, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I had, to, I had to go with my heart and pick Fargo at number one. Sure, I understand. Uh, a, a movie that is simultaneously just one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, but I cannot definitively decide if it's my favorite Coen Brothers movie because those motherfuckers are so good. Uh, I think it definitely is mine. Okay, but no uh, country's yeah. probably. A it's close a. It's a. Second. It's just they're a one A one B, and it it changes week to week. I. Uh, but yeah, a lot of lot of good ones. Chicago was on there. Uh, I considered three ten to Yuma. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, the remake, of course. Right. Uh, but yeah, that uh, those rounded out my five. Uh, Debbie does Dallas did come in at six. There's a lot of Brooklyn's. Yeah. Brooklyn. A lot of a lot of Brooklyn's. A lot of a uh, lot of Paris. Brooklyn's not really a city though, is it? It's in New no. York City. It's yeah, a it's borough. A, so I think count. I think that's true. And no, I, I don't really I don't really know that. how their classifications no, work. No, 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 no. I. But yeah, a lot of those. A lot of Paris's. Uh, yeah, Paris is burning. Yep. Uh, Midnight Inn, which didn't mm-hmm. get consideration, but you know, solid movie. Uh, let's talk actual top five, though. Uh, the number one for a second weekend in a row was Smile. 
Made seventeen point six million, a twenty two point two percent drop. It's up How to about f- that drop. Huh? I know that's uh, there's smile, smile, crocodile in at that drop. Uh, forty nine point eight altogether. Lyle Lyle Crocodile came in at number two. It opened with eleven and a half million. Amsterdam came in at number three. Just missed the cut of my city's movies list as well. Uh, that opened with six and a half million. The Woman King came in at number four with five point three. Another twenty two percent drop. This twenty two point four. That's up to fifty four point one million. And Don't Worry Darling came in at number five with three point four. A forty nine point two percent drop. That's up to thirty eight point four million. All right, our top story is Smile, which dropped 22% this weekend, 17.6 total, and f- basically $50 million so far. Wow, an unthinkable hold for a horror film, especially one that isn't a huge cultural juggernaut. For instance, Get Out dropped 15% off a $33 million opening weekend. Smile opened at 22 while A Quiet Place fell 34% off of a $50 million debut. Now, obviously, we aren't looking at 150-plus total like those films but 100 million cannot be ruled out at this point especially as halloween ends next weekend will most likely have terrible legs after a decent opening this feat is all the more remarkable because we've had plenty of horror or horror adjacent movies in the past two month two and a half months since nope on july 22nd we've had bodies 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 fall beast orphan first kill the invitation the re-release of jaws barbarian and pearl most of those were well-reviewed, all unique with fun hooks. The demand wasn't necessarily there for Smile, but it's spooky season and audiences have found their spooky movie. All this because Paramount wisely decided against the planned Paramount Plus release for Smile, a $17 million budget and over 90 worldwide so far. This is a smash hit by 2022 standards. If I was Paramount, I'm fast-tracking a sequel for next Halloween. Pop that first teaser in front of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and watch that cash roll in. All right, let's talk Smile sequel. Uh, different ca- different cast. Different. Oh, yeah. It's got, it's got to be completely Not following cast. Kyle Gallner in no. his journey. No, no. It, uh, it could not be. But is there like is there an extra hook? Do you get do you get deeper into the mythology what if of the, hook, the smile monster? Is, could the hook be two people? Maybe two people witness it this time. And two people have these visions and they have to work together or kill each other. And they yeah. don't know whether one's going to do the other i think uh going uh, going off of that idea which i think is a, is a good one try to find find some way to make it work for two they yeah. both witness the thing it's also the sequel uh it's yeah smile too uh, you could also uh i uh, psycho it have a main character and it's like oh this is our person mm. but then they succumb to it and then we also follow right the person that they've given it to cast somebody like um I don't know who's like a mid name here. Uh, Could you? I don't. I don't know how mid you're going I'm for here. Like you, mid. Okay. So not like Channing Tatum. No. That's too big. Lower than him. Okay. But higher than say Kyle Gallner. <laughs> uh, yes. See if you can find anyone between Kyle Gallner and Channing Tatum. All right. All right. Uh, how about? Uh, like uh like an Aubrey Plaza. Oh sure. Like a um uh 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 Could you do Anna Kendrick? John Boyega. Yeah, Anna Kendrick could work. Yeah, sure. She, she doesn't she her profile's not super huge right now. Um But yeah, find find someone who's a little bit of a name, someone who you're like, Oh, they're in smile too, yeah. that's cool. 
Uh, and then, yeah, kill them off. That's, that's perfectly fine. I, I like the idea. But, yeah, it's called Smile T.O.O., right? We're all just agreed on that. Yeah, that's a... That is that is de- that is definitely good. Um, but yeah, I think it's a home run idea. Keep the budget to under twenty, like you did this one. Yeah, and uh, and you're good to go. I think this is enough of a thing right now. Um, very quiet thing, but still, the money's there. Um, where you you pop a surprise. Most people aren't going to know by the trades that they're making another one. Yeah. Imagine the response. You throw that in front of one of the creepy ones. They had great trailers for this. Oh yeah. A really scaled down teaser, just an announcing teaser. Of maybe just a regular scene, right? And things are a little weird, and then suddenly someone does the smile, and then yeah. we cut to black, and it's a smile too. I mean, that's how they advertise this fucking movie. We yeah. saw that we saw the teaser for this. But now people, so, what the fuck? But is now that? people will remember the smile, yeah. and that's that's that could be like a horror kind of icon in and of itself. And then uh, do that in front of like a packed Mission Impossible uh, crowd. And done. Do done. Um, all right. Also, opening this weekend. Also, how cool is it that we have like a horror film that had that small of a drop? That's it's really it's, it's very exciting. And as I said before, it's my favorite because Pearl is is kind of on the border for me as far as yeah. horror movies go. This is my favorite like pure horror movie of the of the year so far. Or I'd have to check, but of the fall of these this crop of yeah. horror movies. Same thing with Nope. Nope's not really a horror. No, no, no. Nope is not. Yeah, it was marketed as such though. Yeah, it was. But Nope is definitely better than Spurl and uh, Smile. Anyway, also opening this weekend, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, which came would open that like 11. 11 and a half. Yeah. That's a disappointing result for a film with a much bigger star, which much, a much, with much bigger star power than Clifford the Big Red Dog, which opened to 16 million or 25 for its five day last year in November. That is a that is a great comparison point. Because I, I looked at the number for Lyle Lyle and I was like, okay, 11 and a half. That seems I mean, fine. Who gives a shit about Lyle you know, Lyle? But. Yeah, if Clifford's making sixteen, Ariana Grande, or you know, um, that guy Sam, not Sam Smith, uh, Richardson. No, who's the who's the uh, Ed Sheeran? Okay, got caught up in the S. Uh, wasn't voicing the Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's Sam true. Mendez was Lyle Lyle. So, and also Javier Bardem. Um, uh, what's her name? Constance Wu. You know. Yeah, there's people in that movie. People in this movie. Uh. So it's disappointing. We'll see how this holds. It's the only thing for little kids till Strange World on Thanksgiving, but this is pretty underwhelming. Amsterdam bombed with, what did they have, six? Six and a half. Six and a half. Uh, yeah, well, star power isn't what it used to be, and really, who in that cast is a butts-in-their-seat movie star other than maybe Margot Robbie? I. When was the last time Christian Bale opened a th- movie? Yeah, I mean, you you would you would think that Taylor Swift would have drawing power, but I, I, she doesn't. Well, her role is well, no, she was also in The Giver. Yeah, which didn't make any cats. money. And Cats, yes, and no. Um, the film needed great reviews, great trailers, and massive Oscar buzz. Three strikes, and you're out. I would love to be in the room when David O. Russell asked for eighty million dollars again, because that's how much this cost. That's crazy. Eighty million dollars. This is like why? Why I haven't seen Amsterdam. Maybe they rented yeah, did, the city. Did no? Did no one ask for points? Everyone was like, "I don't want any back end points. You pay me everything now." <laughs> if so, crazy. good call. Crazy. Yeah, really. Um, also, in its second weekend, all the way in the number eight spot, Bros dropped fifty six percent and made two million. That's a nine million dollar total. I don't really want to harp on it any longer. Just nobody really wanted to see it. And in our spotlight, uh, 
It's the last weekend. The Top Gun Maverick is going to be in the top 10 after 20 weeks. That's nuts. We have to take a, a take salute, a bow. 21 gun salute, and uh, <laughs> smack that uh, pin into a, the, the, the casket like they do in that, and yes. also 20 times in the terminal list, which I watched the first episode of. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Joe was here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, not recently. No. Okay. Yeah. I, no. No. I do. I do remember you saying that. Yeah, way back was, when. It was. I didn't care for it. Um, you didn't. No. And uh, there you go. Also, Oscar season has begun. We have the limited release of Triangle of Sadness, which was in ten theaters this weekend. It made two hundred ten thousand dollars. That's a per theater average of twenty one thousand. And Tar, which might be pronounced differently, because <laughs> that little thing tear. about yeah. I mean, I think that's just tear. like put the accent on the A. The emphasis. So it would be tar. So, yeah. It's, All right. I've, I've, I've heard tar. That was released in four theaters, $160,000. That's a $40,000 per theater average. We're going to be getting a lot of these in the coming weeks. And finally, still two weeks before it opens, Ticket to Paradise has climbed internationally. It opened in a few new markets. It has $60 million worldwide so far. That's, I'm pretty sure, around what it cost. Uh, maybe a little less, but... Um, yeah, and it's poised to do well here. There's something about it doing really well overseas that makes me think it's going to do well here. Sure. So um, I'm very excited to see what that does because Universal has really been the only studio putting out f- Comedy Fair this year, and the three previous ones have not done well, and so I'm hoping this one does. It'd <laughs> be nice. Um, so we'll see, and that's all I got. All right, well, then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it make more or less than, than Little Women? women? We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than Little Women at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Uh, Your first film is The Bourne Legacy. The Bourne Legacy. That's the uh, the what's his face one. It is the what's his face one. Uh, Oh, that is less. The Bourne Legacy made more. In fact, uh, they should have uh, they should have made the Bourne Legacy two. Two thousand twelve. That is correct. So one point on the board so far for you as you go into your second film, Public Enemies. Uh, more. That one is less. All right. <laughs> All right. I got I got a good one for you. This one this one's not as uh, not as easy as Top Gun was. That is also correct. So you're still in this game as you go into your final film. The Pixar classic, your favorite and mine. The Good Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur. Uh, more. That one is more, yes. 2015. Also correct. An emphatic finish Same year to the as game. Inside Out. That's tough. Uh, though I guess good for Pixar. You yeah, don't. You they don't. And one huge hit, and then yeah. Yeah, and still, uh, however much money the Good Dinosaur made is not nothing to sneeze at. No. Uh, and you come, you come, you come out of that year, everyone being, oh, Inside Out was great. Instead of the Good Dinosaur came yeah. out. Inside Out won. This is Oscar, I think, and I, I'm sure forgot it did. about the Good Dinosaur. Let me ask you this: what? Do you remember anything about the Good Dinosaur? Yes, Arlo was his name. Was it? Uh huh. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> that is something distinct and specific. Yes. That and I, remember, I have. I even as you say it. No recollection of that. I remember that. liking it. If it was made by another studio, we'd go, hey, what a good movie. You know, not a yeah. great movie, but if, you know, if uh, Sony Animation put that out, everyone would be like, oh, good movie. Yeah, perhaps. There you go. I, alas. Come and gone from a theater near you, though, Brian. Are you ready to go back yep. in time? 
All right. The year is 2017. Got it. What's a the date? A wonderful year. The date is October 6th. Goosebumps. And this is going to be uh, the holiday weekend of Indigenous Peoples Day. It is okay. not Goosebumps. Goosebumps 2. Uh, it is no, no, Goosebumps has Ooh. nothing to do with it. <laughs> All right, give me a clue. There's no goosebumps here at all. Uh, you're uh, you're number one, and there are uh, there are three movies here. All right. Uh, your number one is a movie that uh, is sort of a, a a pet issue of mine. Comes up a lot on a this pet podcast. Pet issue of yours. Uh, was also quite good. Uh, I sort of have a uh, have a rule about this. It is a sequel. It's uh, a sequel that could... I love. Oh, uh, is it? No. What? Wait. Hold on. It's yeah. a sequel that I like. Yeah, you like it as well. But you know, you like it. No, yeah. But it's a there's a pet peeve you have. It's a, it's not, it's not about about like the quality of the movie. Uh-huh. It's just this movie comes up quite a bit when you and I are discussing box office trends. Oh, I have thoughts. No. Is uh, it the one, uh, movies that uh, are better the second time around but make less money? I no, it is not. Uh, it is not that thing. All right, give me another clue. I. All right, uh, legacy sequel. Uh, I don't know if I if I finished getting that clue out. Oh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That is correct. Yes, okay. a movie uh, that was a huge hit despite it actually flopping. Open to thirty one, thirty two. Yeah, thirty two point seven. Very well done. Uh, your second. Ooh, I was gonna say thirty three. I would have been right there. That, right, would, that would have been a little better, but yeah. you can only get a little better with a guess like that. Your second film opened at number two, is just a drama, uh, a a two hander. Um, let's see. Will it, will it give it away? I don't think so. This is a pretty obscure movie. I think to call it a survivalist drama. Oh, the mountain between us. Okay, that will give it away. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, well done. Uh, yes, well, it is the mountain like between us. Eleven. Uh, that one is uh, oh, ten and a half. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you remember? Did you see the mountain between us? No, my mom watched it once. I watched okay. a little bit of it with her. All right. I uh, seemed like it seemed like a movie that could have been seen. Yeah, I don't no, think it was reviews terrible. Good, no. Maybe. I. Uh, I don't think terrible, but just like this isn't good. Yeah. Well, like a couple of couple of couple of stars that uh, that we both really like. Yep. Seems like what this pre- the premise seems simple enough. Two people in a plane crash. Presumably, they fall in love. Uh, Perhaps one of them dies. I don't know. We've seen always seen all seen movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, your final film. Yep, Uh, crushing it so far. By the way, this is a uh, children's film. uh, Opened in fourth place. This is going to be uh, the adaptation of a very popular television show. That is it's not Paw Patrol. It is not a little older, and in some cases a lot older. Actually, Dora the Explorer. No, no. Hold on, it's it's an older television show they they're adapting. No, it's it's a it's a modern show. But what was older? The show was older. No, 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 no. The I was the uh, the target audience. Oh, is, it's adapting a um is a more old, adult is older, show. Yeah, older than something than Paw Patrol, and in some cases quite a bit older. But it's a kids' movie. Yes, I don't know what else you got. I uh, and like it's it's not a it's not an adult property. Did it's we still see a children's it? property. No. Okay. Why? I not something either of us are into. All right, go ahead. I 
but something that our peers uh, certainly could be. Uh, let's see. Um, the TV show, the modern show, is actually, I believe, a an adaptation, a remake, whatever, a continuance of a much older property that was born of a toy line, I would guess, is where it started. I, it's a, lo- a lot of information. I got nothing there. Okay. I, uh, it's a reboot of, a, of an older cartoon that was actually a toy. Yeah. I mm. uh, animal toy. I <laughs> uh, more uh more more geared towards young girls, I would say, though. My little pony. There it is. Okay. Uh <laughs> Uh No, I'm okay. sure suitable for like all. Like 6 million. Uh My Little Pony the movie opened to 8.8. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, a little well, a little better. Well, it was, it was sort of popular. Yeah. They had sparkles, and I don't know anything. Do you know anything about My no, Little Pony? not at all. Uh, not, a, not a brony? No. Uh, but you, you, see, you see what I mean. That is I'll take a brownie. Is, yeah, uh, I understand. Uh, become I get you. popular with our, uh, our ilk. All right. Okay, here we go. Flick or treat um, week two. And what we did last year was we had um, around spooky season. Guests come on and they pick a movie and then we would pick a complimenting film for them a few weeks later and kind of discuss the similarities. This year, we decided to tackle one franchise, watch all the movies, see how it evolves over time. And we picked uh, the one that's Halloween season, so might as well do Halloween. Last week, we did the original trilogy, Halloween, Halloween 2, and the non-canonical Halloween 3 season of The Witch. And we are back with the second trilogy. The uh, although this one doesn't have, I, I guess it does make sense because Halloween, Halloween two of the Roman numerals. This has Halloween four and five, and then this one is just Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. But um, I didn't even notice that the Jamie Lloyd trilogy, and we have a special guest, our friend Andrew. Hello, hello, welcome. First time on the pod. First time Incredible. caller, long time listener. That's bullshit. <laughs> Total bullshit. Oh, he you never call us. Oh, <laughs> it's all through text. What is your relationship days. with horror movies and specifically the Halloween franchise? Oh boy, my relationship with horror movies is a contentious one. Oh, no. uh, I love horror movies. Uh, I, I think they're cool and neat. I especially like psychological horrors. Okay. Uh, but I can't stand jump scares. Uh, they, they freak the shit out of me. Uh, I'm allowed to swear, right? No. Oh no. No, you're fine. (laughs) It's it's really more of an imperative that you you swear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I have to, you can swear or you can, you know, be gentlemen and you know, we just choose not to. We think it makes for a better impossible. I can't be a gentleman. (laughs) All right, fine. You can swear. Uh, but yeah, no scary movies. Uh, they, they scare me way too much. So Mm -hmm. I, I love to watch them. They freak me out. I was one of those kids that would lose nights of sleep because I would stay up to watch a scary movie that I wanted to watch. And it was way too much for me. We talked, with that last week about how um i also started off not liking horror movies mainly because of the jump scares as well and how i would watch tv as i went to bed and right before i fell asleep i'd have to turn on disney channel just so that a tv spot for saw doesn't play as i'm asleep (laughs) and suddenly i wake up and there's like screaming on tv and people getting cut in half um 
So I definitely agree. What are some psychological thrillers that you particularly enjoy? You said that was your your big oh, genre. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh gosh, I I don't even know. Necess- well, I suppose this is a psychological thriller. I really really like um. I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house. I, I think we've talked That's about this a one recent before. one, right? It's pretty recent. Yeah. I think that is that Netflix. I think so. Uh, it was outstanding and, and I really liked it because usually I can't handle ghost stories because something about ghosts specifically, well, yeah. uh, I, I have a primal fear of ghosts, which I suppose would make sense if they were real. <laughs> uh, but that's a topic for another podcast. Uh, but I liked it because it was transformative. It took the idea of a ghost and changed kind of my understanding of it. And I think what I like about horror is there's so much room to play with, you know, primal fears with, you know, a scary thing happens and you jump because we're hardwired to do that. But there's room to take that and experiment with it and make us afraid of new things. So the writer director of I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house is Osgood Perkins. Do you remember, did you ever see Legally Blonde? Yeah. Do you remember her friend, her very large friend that she makes, who kind of it looks like a Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah. And he has his books at one point. I remember those girls come up and he's like, do you want to go to the dance? And they're like, no. And then she has a big scene where she's like, you gave me the best orgasm. And, and then the girls are like, oh, maybe I do like you. That's Osgood Perkins. <laughs> no way. And he's also the eldest son of Anthony Perkins, who was Norman Bates in Psycho. Oh, my gosh. That part makes sense. He's got horror in his blood. He directed that Hansel, uh, what was that called? Gretel and Hansel movie that came oh, out a few years ago. We all make ago. mistakes. <laughs> yeah. That, that nobody really saw. But, um, but okay. All right. So slashers are sort of conducive to jump scares. That's a big part of them. Yeah. Um, had you seen any of the Halloweens before we did this? So I had seen bits and pieces. Okay. Uh, it was very much a, they were on the TV around Halloween time. People would like play them in the background. And so I had experienced bits and pieces of definitely the first Halloween, definitely some of the early movies, but I, I don't think I'd ever seen any of the later ones. And this was definitely my first time with these. Okay, great. We need to rectify the, some, most of maybe Halloween <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, maybe October 31st. Um, hey. Which is when we watch it. They're showing it again over there, by the way. Naturally. Um, mm. Well, we have four doozies. We have Halloween 4, The Return. This is the Of Trilogy. That's what I think we'll call it. The Of Trilogy. What? We're going to... Uh, yeah. These really, this is really the of trilogy. This is Halloween Four, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween Five, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And I think that's a little unusual in horror franchises to have such a long subtitle every time. Yeah. The blank of Michael Myers. Um, but you know they they brought Michael Myers back after he wasn't in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. And they go back to he has a relative that he needs to kill. So here we go. Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Came out October 21st, 1988. Directed by Dwight H. Little. Written by Alan B. McElroy. Starring Donald Pleasance, Daniel Harris, Ellie Cornell, and Tom Morga and George P. Wilbur as Michael Myers. I think one of them is just the stunt double, but on wiki he was credited twice. Uh, ten years after his original massacre, the invalid Michael Myers awakens on Halloween Eve and returns to Haddonfield to kill his seven-year-old niece. Can Dr. Loomis stop him? 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, 34 on Metacritic. It's pretty rare that they're that close. 
Kim Newman of Empire said, It's incredible that a film could be so closely patterned on Carpenter's still thrilling original movie and yet be so stupid, unscary, and plotting as Halloween 4 is. Michael Wilmington of Los Angeles Times said, Anyone who goes to Halloween 4 deserves what they get. Stale, sordid tricks, and no treats. And Janice Forlick, I apologize to the very old movie critic, of the Tampa Bay Times said, Halloween 4 does a credible job of setting up the terrifying scene only to have something unexpected happen. 17.7 million on a, domestically on a budget of five. Um... What did we think of Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers? We'll start with... Uh, well, Noah, you've watched the first three, so what did you think yeah. of him coming back? I thought that this movie... This this movie in 5, and like I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on my thoughts for 5 Please for now. Please do. They're, they're so like tied together to me. Neither of it has anything to do with 6, and we'll get into that later. But to me, the Halloween 4 is like... A perfectly competent movie. All all of like the baseline of a scary Michael Myers movie is there. Uh, a couple a couple of particularly dumb things here and there. There was a, there was an action explosion scene at a Very gas early station. On, yeah, Loomis has to jump out of the way of an exploding gas station, uh, and that was weird. But like, there just there wasn't anything interesting about it to me. Like it was a, it was all like the the base layer of a movie that you kind of build interesting set pieces and characters and those around, and they didn't do that part for four, to my mind. But it was like, it was it was it was surprisingly okay. And it's like, all right, here's here's Rachel, and she's our hero now. And here's we have this set piece in the house where like we have to barricade ourselves from Michael Myers. And there's the townies being townies, and I was like, okay, I, I see where all of this could go, but oh, then it didn't go. There's a lot more callbacks to uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's trilogy than in these three movies than I would have expected, and yeah, part of this is the mob um, deciding to kill Michael themselves that we see in Halloween Kills. Andrew, what did you think? What did you think of Halloween 4? You know, I, I feel like I've got to agree with Noah's assessment. I think there's kind of a, a a solid foundation for a movie there, which they could have built something on, and they chose not to. I, I feel like it's like a parfait, but without granola or fruit. It was just kind of plain yogurt, but the yogurt wasn't bad. I just kind of expected more. Yeah, I mean, yogurt is <laughs> Good for you, but I just yeah, it, it's pretty boring. The, the movie was clearly just like Michael Myers returns, and then he just walks around and stalks people. There's really nothing else to it. Um, whereas the first one was so because this is clearly just you know kind of doing the first one again. Yeah, um, and the first one is so minimal, but is so staked in like two locations and the fear of you can't really leave the house. And you don't really know what to do. But now they've expanded it. They're going to a school. They're going to a house. They're going to the basement. I mean, it's full of needless travel. And, like, the the townies just really don't make sense as characters like they don't in Halloween Kills. And it's disappointing. It's, it's not, like, awful. It's just bland, like you said, with mm-hmm. the yogurt. It's just... 
It's just bland. Uh, do I do. Me- yeah. Do you remember when the townies killed that guy in the bush? <laughs> and they were yeah, like, so we got him. A, there's a scene where uh, Michael Myers appears and, and Loomis goes, where is that him? Uh, and then four others appear. And it's clearly a joke. Yeah. Um, but they shoot one of them anyway. And it's wild. It's Is that dissimilar to running that kid in the Michael Myers mask was that that was that was in two. Right? Yeah, that was in two where I. So, Andrew, there's this kid walking through the street mm-hmm. and he's like dressed as Michael Myers, but it's just like and two, two it's just a kid trick or treating. Yeah, because two takes place the same night as the first one. So it's not like yeah. he went out and bought a oh. Michael Myers mask like the kids in four. Yeah, he's just wearing a mask and wears it has like, you know, the, yeah, it just the happens to be very similar. Suit. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden. A police cruiser comes barreling down the suburban street at about 50 miles an hour, (laughs) full on smashes into this kid, pins him (laughs) against a news van, and then it explodes. explodes. (laughs) And so he burns to death. And he burns to death. And this is just, it turns out that it's just like a 17 year old that just died. And they, it's not really. They don't ever mention it really. And <laughs> well, no. they, and, they got suspended with, uh, and with then, pay. And then in in this in this one in four, I, th- I think it was actually a different scene than that one with all the uh, the duplicate Myers. I think I think this was just the townies were driving around, and one of them was like, "Is that him?" And like a bush rattled. Yeah, and, and we so never they seen the fire in the bush. into the bush. That's true. And then they go over there and they go, "Ah, shit! It's just Tom." <laughs> <laughs> and then they like radio about it and the sheriff in the house hears it is like well they killed tom i've got to go it, it's so strange to me because i couldn't tell if this was all just the setup for a gag if like that was all that was or if there was an attempt at a message here like is this the message of the movie is, is wanton like mob violence bad no, I think it. I think it was supposed to be funny <laughs> yeah i think it was supposed to be funny i, and- I, I, I didn't laugh <laughs> You didn't? Well, um, I I did, but not not because the movie made me. <laughs> my side still hurts. My side is still split. Uh, I mean, I think the one thing redeeming this is like, first of all, Donald Pleasance is just such a joy as Loomis. He's just so good. But Daniel Harris is really good as Laurie, not Laurie, Jamie. That's so confusing. I know. And for Jamie, because Jamie Lee Curtis, that's so confusing. <laughs> um, and it has the one. It's just it's a terrific ending. It's a great it's a great horror movie ending where uh she has the clown off and on and she stabs her mom much like Michael did and Loomis yells no and she's standing just like Michael was with the bloody knife and Loomis raises his gun to shoot her <laughs> and the sheriff stops him and Loomis just like falls down sobbing. It's just it's such a downer of an ending and I really think it's good. It's better than the movie deserves. Let me ask oh, you sure. this. I uh, was Loomis right to try to shoot the little girl. Ooh. They think Based Michael on... is dead. Because they shot him a bunch and he fell down a mine shaft. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then, as we learn in five, they threw dynamite down there. <laughs> they did do that. <laughs> I, at this point, I don't think they hadn't introduced the whole Danny situation, which we'll get into. Yes. Uh, so, in his mind... If Jamie was infected by Michael Myers' disease, if they f- finished her off right then and there... That would be the end of it. With Yeah, with the knowledge he had, I think that would have been the right choice. It would have been a tough choice, but... Noah would say you. I Yeah, I think from... 
especially from Loomis's perspective. Well, yeah, Loomis thinks he's right. Yeah. Like, yeah, blow her away. This is you can't can't let this shit happen again. Yeah. And then just in in 15 years, just be like, oh no, I should have fucking shot the girl. <laughs> or in eight years. Yeah. Or six years, as we find out. Um. Yeah, I just think that it's uh, it's it's just very bland, and none of the kills are especially interesting. And no, and like outside outside of Rachel and Jamie, like the new the new people introduced, I the, couldn't tell you anything about them. There's the boyfriend. There's the new sheriff's daughter. Sheriff's mm-hmm. daughters keep dying. It's not good. <laughs> I liked be... I liked the T-shirt that she wore for the majority of the film. The uh, cops do it by the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they set the book next to the bed, <laughs> but yeah, there was just not, I, I think you're right. Not not memorable. Uh, not memorable people. I, I can't even remember who else like was I, in it. Who I, else died? I, there was the deputy, I guess, I that was in that rocking well, the chair. Whole, the whole police station died. They walked. Yeah, that's the true. Stations murdered. It's off screen. But I didn't even remember the boy. I knew. I, I I probably knew there was a boyfriend because that's just the thing of these movies. But I. I had no idea the sheriff. Yeah, it's like a whole died. love triangle. Yeah, know. it was a whole subplot. Oh right, the guy right? from Dazed and Confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. They the woman opens the door in just a t-shirt with like oh, I was about to say something awful. Um, <laughs> postcoital, as I'll now say, because <laughs> we're not just in the living room. Um, and she just like hands out candy, <laughs> like. What? <laughs> you just finished fucking. Don't go to children and go. Look how cute you are. Um, yeah. How the, how low down to the ground are you? <laughs> now you're good. Okay. <laughs> uh, she wouldn't care. Um, star rating out of four for Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. I. Uh, oh man, I've got to got to consult with our uh, with our past list here. All right, I think this one is a. Two, I think it's a two. I think it's okay. pretty on par. Andrew, with the second film. I, I feel like two, okay. two. We're not doing half stars here, are you we? Can. You can do whatever you want. Uh, no, I no, think two's right. I think right down the middle. Um, yeah, two for me as well. All it's right. just it's not again. It's not like inherently awful. It's just not good. It's boring. Yeah, that's all. All right, a year after that, almost a year, a year and a week. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, released October 13th, 1989, directed by Dom... I'm going to zoom in if I can. I can't. Okay. Dominique Otenen Girard. Written by Michael Jacobs, Dominique Oteren Girard, and Shem Bitterman, which must be an alias. (laughs) That's like John Carpenter. He didn't want his name on it, right? Yeah. Shem Bitterman. Nah, I'm done with the franchise. <laughs> Starring Donald Pleasance, Daniel Harris, Ellie Cornell, Wendy Kaplan, and Don Shanks. One year after the events of Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers in 1988, the shape returns to Haddonfield once again in an attempt to kill his now mute niece. 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, 28 on Metacritic. Mark LaSalle, the San Francisco Chronicle. I tried to find reviews that were of the time. 
So many reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are people on like IGN yeah. just reviewing shit. I wanted to find reviews that came out that year, so I only have two for this. Uh, San Francisco Chronicle, Michael can't be killed, and so a Halloween picture can never really end. It can only stop. And since it can stop anywhere, it may as well stop sooner than later. <laughs> and Stephen Holden of the New York Times said, Halloween 5 is a bit more refined in its details than the conventional horror movie. Eleven and a half million domestic on a five point five million dollar budget. Halloween Five: The Ranch of Michael Myers. I kind of liked it. Well, speak to that. I liked uh, Wendy Kaplan as the woman whose name I'm looking up. Was she the friend? Yes, who Rachel's into friend the, who turned into the main character. Yeah, uh, she was Tina. Tina, of course, everyone's favorite star of a Halloween. Listen, I like <laughs> Tina. I thought that was an interesting take of um, a guardian for a kid in a horror movie is just a friend who feels obligated to do it or is forced to do it because the other one died. Um, I liked Jamie's role in it. I thought that she, uh, I liked her mutas. I, I thought the end set piece is great with Michael's trap. Loomis that's a giant like chain net falling on him that's um, right that's how they get him I was that, gonna ask that's how they get him he shoots him with a tranquilizer gun and then he he beats him or whatever and then he has a stroke uh and I liked the moment between Jamie and um and Michael with the face I think that's it was also an interesting uh way to do it and then Michael kind of still giving in and being like no no we'll do it I also think that the the, the barn the sex barn was like classic horror movie teenager oh, yeah, stuff absolutely with, with the scythe and all the red herrings and so i was just yeah. like no this this movie is like a kill a killer teen horror movie um with i thought tina was good and i think jamie's good and i don't know i thought it was kind of fun uh andrew what did you think of halloween five halloween five i think it's uh greatest strength was also its greatest weakness it wasn't afraid to take big swings mm -hmm. uh and when they hit uh i thought they they did them very well when they missed they missed spectacularly uh, uh my my favorite example is the goofus and gallant cops or well i guess it's just incredible. goofus and oh more they goofus. were incredible <laughs> but the the sound effects the boy ding ding boo boom it was so much <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, so obviously that's a miss. But uh, I, I, I disagree. I think that's very <laughs> endearing. <laughs> I suppose. What were they doing in the movie, though? Like in a vacuum, they thought it was I funny. Agree. No, I mean that it was, was a, funny. It was a it, misfire on the filmmaker's part. But now that we have it, I'm glad it's in it. Sure. <laughs> it was tonal whiplash, but it is memorable. So I, I suppose that is something. Um, but yeah, I, I like that they mixed up. Uh, you know, the caretaker uh, for the for the little girl's no longer her sister because she's unceremoniously murdered in like what the first ten minutes. Yeah, which yeah. which also means Tina can die at any moment because yeah. she's not that close to jamie oh yeah she's even more disposable which right. the movie establishes right off the bat look uh, our our hero from the last movie mm -hmm. is gone right off the bat we've ned starked her so now everyone's in danger so i guess they kind of established that the stakes are higher than usual uh and i did actually like the through line that they established with this mysterious rune from the last movie and that you know jamie's got michael meyer dna link. inside yeah. yeah she's she was yeah, bitten by link. a radioactive michael I meyer mean, who who doesn't <laughs> want to see loomis in a, a child psychiatric hospital just yelling at everybody just and clearly the, the order where is he clear to the, clear where the, is he tell me you must tell me clearly the orderlies are like 
oh, God damn it. <laughs> so we don't have to deal with it. It's just him. Like, she's in, like, math class, and he's like, four plus four is fine. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> I know you know. Why aren't you helping me? I, That's right. I, Carry the one. <laughs> I, I do got to say, though, because uh, they brought it up in the um, the summary of the movie. They say, Jamie, now mute. Mm-hmm. I feel like they dropped that pretty quick. They do, yeah. She As soon as she gets out of the hospital, she seems to perk right up. I, I, I wish they had kept with it. If she was mute for the entire movie, that would have been a really bold choice. Yeah, there's also a great moment where Loomis, they're looking for Jamie and Loomis like grabs a child, like lifts her mask up, like shoves yeah. her aside. It's not her. <laughs> um, great use of Loomis. No, what about you? Halloween 5. It, the reason I think that 4 and 5 are so closely intertwined in my mind is because in the way that 4 is a fine foundation of a movie with no defining characteristics and nothing really interesting about it. I think that five is a movie that's full of defining characteristics and things that are interesting about it. There's a lot more like memorable set pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamie in the laundry shoot uh, is really good. Really good. Uh, Yeah. The, Even if it's like crazy that she pulls herself up, but yeah, that, that's that's fine. But it's, it's a like a cool scene. Yeah, because you're like a little girl can't hold on, and then he's yeah. stabbing into it. Yeah, it's, it's really uh, good. I agree. The stuff and all the stuff in the barn is good. I uh, I like the uh, I like the way that sort of the ritual or whatever in the attic is set up that they stumble on at the end. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even like the man in black wandering around, there's just, there's a lot of little stuff going on. Yeah, it's also a good ending. You know, it's not as good as the other one, but I like how completely open ended it is. You oh know, yeah, in sure. most of these, it's like, you know, he's gone. I thought he was dead, but he's not in his grave. Or you know, Jamie's gonna kill people now. But in this, it's like. Somebody took him. Yeah, yeah and yeah. the what? man in black is never addressed at yeah. all. I, I was, I think you remember. I was very frustrated that they never yes. addressed that. But looking back one? on it, I love that they don't. Yeah, uh, because like, the explanation is shitty. But yeah, I agree. And like, yeah, it's just like, wait, someone broke him out of jail by blowing up the. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> what what could happen in the next one? It's a CIA I, I conspiracy. Like it's, it's a more open ended uh, ending they usually get in this yeah. kind of movie. But I. I think the the thing that bugs me about five is that while it has all those uh, interesting bits of character, I don't think it has the foundation of like a tenable movie. And as I've thought about it, I really think it's entirely because like the Tina switch does not work for me. I think this movie does not have a main character. Mm-hmm. I like I don't think that Jamie works as one. Because she's so small that she has like absolutely no means of affecting the story. And also she can't speak for half of it. And so she can't carry the movie on her own. And Tina is never like properly introduced as a character. She's just around often enough for us to kind of get endeared to her. But at no point do I ever feel like, all right, so Rachel's gone and this is now Tina's movie. She's like, all right, Rachel's gone, and so now we've got a bunch of B-plots and a bunch of like side characters that are kind of amalgamating a movie, and it it never it never worked. And so I, th- I think that's what kind of kept me from really getting invested in some of the more like interesting stuff going on, is because there was not there was not just like the baseline of a movie if you could combine four and five into one movie i think it would be like really good 
Okay, Topher Grace, get to it. Sorry, <laughs> you bet. I, uh, also, they do arrest Michael Myers at the end <laughs> for his crimes, which I sure do. I, just, I can't. They're like, are they reading him the Miranda rights? They were gonna arrest him in Halloween Kills, right? Isn't there a flashback to them doing that? And then like, uh, one of the cops, Bill Pullman, or whatever, tries to shoot him, and they yeah. can't. Yeah, something. that seems right. I don't know. You know what? I, it's not a good movie, and I understand that like it's not a good script, whatever. It just has more things in it than Halloween 2, certainly, oh, yeah. and Halloween 4. More interesting things that I'm like, yeah, this is at least more enjoyable. If I had to go back to any of these sequels that we've seen, Discounting 3, which is fucking incredibly bonkers and, and, and uh, incredible, um, it, it, it would be five. I just think I think Tina's good. I also, one of my favorite set pieces, and it's very Halloween of them, is Tina getting into the car with her boyfriend? And oh like trying yeah! To fuck oh him. yeah! It's just Michael Myers. The like, dramatic irony there. Yeah, I mean, which, we know which they do in the first one, right? Yeah. With, with the the guy with he puts on a a Michael Myers puts on a bed sheet, and so she and the guy's glasses that he's just killed, and so she <laughs> thinks it's her boyfriend, and she's like, "Come back to bed," and she like takes down her her uh, her sheet, and she's like naked and stuff, and he's just like staring at her. She's like, "Okay, this is creepy," and then he does kill her, but. Um, but what I like about this one is that it's in a car. It's just like so much more confined. Yeah. And she's like all over him and actually like touching him. And I just like, yeah, that's, that's really fun for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie's like not good, but it's just compared to the other ones we've watched. It's certainly just like, yeah, this has a lot more interesting and fun ideas going on. I think that's definitely true. And I, I think ultimately if you have to choose, between foundation with nothing interesting or interesting with no foundation, mm-hmm. you go interesting with no foundation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, star rating for Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers. Noah, and this is tough because, like, on the one hand, I want to rate it above two and four because mm-hmm. I would choose to watch it again. On the other hand. If I give it two and a half, it's only a half star away from Halloween three, <laughs> and that's not right. So I'm still I'm still giving it a two, okay. but it's like it is at the top of the tier of twos, whereas the other two are at the bottom. See, I threw down that half star, and okay. if I was writing a review, it, m- mine is two and a half. And I was writing a review, I'd go, you know, I can't wholeheartedly recommend it because it's not that well crafted but if you are in the mood for this kind of slasher yeah or this kind of michael myers movie this is just this will fit like a glove um or a mask andrew yeah i i i completely agree with what you guys said uh and i was torn between two and two and a half because do i rate it the same does personality count more for foundation and i think deep down i i I agree with you, Brian. I think two and a half because I I want to reward uh, that that sort of uh, personality, that sort of ambition. Spirit. Yeah, exactly. It's got chutzpah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of chutzpah, Halloween: The Curse of Michael Myers, September twenty ninth, nineteen ninety five. Directed by Joe Chappelle. Written by Daniel Farren. Starring Donald Pleasance, Paul Stephen Rudd, Marianne Hagen, and George P. Wilbur. 
Six years after Michael Myers last terrorized Haddonfield, he returns there in pursuit of his niece, Jamie Lloyd, who has escaped with her newborn child, for which Michael and a mysterious cult have sinister plans. These are all the IMDb synopsis, yeah. by the way. I didn't write this garbage. Uh, <laughs> 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, 10 on Metacritic. Woof. That's generous. Stephen Holden of the New York Times said, Easily the most inept episode of the Halloween series, Mark Savlov of the Austin Chronicle said, one of the most tedious, uninspired offerings thus far. <laughs> and Mick LaSalle said, who I don't know why I didn't get his publication. I apologize. This sixth installment, by far the worst in the series, is bland and deadening. $15 million domestic on a $5 million budget. Um, and it's it's going to be very fun to watch Halloween H2O with you, uh-huh. which came out three years after this. We'll watch the trailer after this and looks a billion times different. <laughs> like the filmmaking style between this garbage and that in 1998 is like light years. It's very yeah. strange. And I also think we see a lot of, because part of the reason I wanted to do this is just to see um, how these series that go on for decades kind of evolve with the trends of horror. Mm. And this, you could see the, first of all, the complete music video grunge style, the fog, the industrial warehouses, the flashes of light as people are getting killed. The fucking, uh, the soundtrack being electric guitar. It's done like a music video, but also the, um, the, the kind of focus on the gore, which isn't inherently, um, a Halloween staple, would you say? No, oh, yeah, for sure. The, uh, but the idea that in this we get a lot of close-ups of things in people and blood spurting, especially in the the surgery room scene, most of those cutaway shots are just like blood spurting out. Yeah, um, I think is very like invocative of of them trying to, because at this point horror is completely lost. This is a year before Scream reinvigorates horror. This is the same year Seven comes out which is probably like the closest we had to like a good, really kind of solid horror movie in the nineties. Um, and you can just tell that like it, the, the eighties, especially the last two that we watched are very much slasher slice and dice stab, but it doesn't really revel in it. Some of the Friday the 13th do and, and nightmare on Elm streets do, but it's too kind of a, um, an absurd effect. Mm. Whereas this isn't this, they want you to feel is like real and disturbing. Yeah. Um, so that's a big difference. This movie's trash. What do you think? I an atrocity. I uh, horrendously bad. I truly don't know what it was about. <laughs> I I can't. I can't. Six e- years after Michael Myers' <laughs> no. last tarot. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like. Why was what was the deal with the woman's son, Danny? What was up with that? Oh, oh wow. They Why? never do. He was, uh, he was about that. They never addressed huh? it. He was part of it. At all. Okay, hold he on. I've got, a, I've got a theory. I've got a theory <laughs> because with your theory. in the slime room, uh, uh, dear viewer, there's it, a room with slime in it. In which it. they inject Michael <laughs> with slime. Yeah. <laughs> they they slime him, I were suppose. Were making Michael Myers? That's what I think they were doing because they showed the little tanks with the fetuses. And there was and the like a label that had Yeah, those. with like DNA, yeah. but it was nonsense words. I think they were cloning Michael Myers, which is the most... Bonkers, batshit insane the ch- thing. where Michael Myers had been incarcerated as a boy, so they certainly could have... I think Danny was a Michael Myers clone, and the, the mere implication that they're cloning an army of Michael Myers for the CIA, like... 
Talk about big swings. But so what does that mean about Lori? Because Lori and him are blood relatives, right? Yes. So they gave him his special power DNA. So therefore, Jamie, Lori's daughter, doesn't have that shot in her. This is so why so why did the DNA is, follow? This is this is part of the problem. Is that so? The fifth movie sets up this whole man in black. He has a rune thing that's going on. The Sam Hain has been like a through line since two. Uh, it's and it just like it doesn't it doesn't pay off. There's no there's no expositional like scene of. It of says, like what's happening? We have we have that scene they cut to where Paul Rudd's talking about how runes are some sort of ancient alphabet, but there's there's never a bit where Doctor Wynn, who I I don't think is concluded in any way casino. either. He well, never yeah, said, it's really to assume that he died in the operating room, but we never see yeah. him. Yeah, die. we never he, see it happen. That's there's never strange. there's never a moment where he's like, "Aha, my grand plan has come to fruition." You see. I have called forth well, the does, spirit of I Beelzebub agree. to Im- implore into this boy or whatever. I, I keep skimming the wiki summary, and it does say Danny is being tormented by the man in black who is grooming him to follow in Michael's footsteps. What? Oh, so, I suppose. I'll keep reading. Go ahead. I guess. It, yeah. So I, I guess they did reveal that the voice that he'd been hearing was this the man in black, Dr. Wynn, which is supposedly him. the voice that because they said, you know, he heard a voice. Oh, Michael heard a voice that night. Yeah. Are so they implying he, that Dr. Wynn also I think so. did this to Michael? Yeah. Yeah. Kara believes that Michael has been inflicted with Thorn, an ancient druid curse that causes him to kill his bloodline on Halloween night. And also a bunch of other people. <laughs> also waiting I, in the car of a DJ for some reason. Yeah, that was... I think trying to search for deeper meaning here is a mistake. <laughs> I, I they, don't need to be that they, deep. They wrote the movie. It was... I don't, I don't I don't even know where to go next. Let's talk about Paul Rudd. The cult drugs <laughs> Loomis and Tommy. What this, the fuck was... What, this movie starred Paul Rudd. Who is terrible he's and it's, so bad and it's, it's such an interesting thing where like you can look at at like big stars past performances and be like boy weren't they good like they of course they were going to be a star like you know yeah heath ledger in 10 things i hate about you or something you're just mm. like yeah of course they were going to be big paul rudd's awful in this and i i don't know if it's him or if it's like the director being like just it might i honestly you know what it probably was was just bad casting because the year after this he does clueless and is great yeah so i think it's just poor casting oh they, yeah they got this charismatic charming man and we're like none of that yeah right I, I i and i feel like they maybe they cast him in this role to try and be like okay play it up creepy but you're so charming and good looking that we don't know we're not sure if you're evil or not that maybe that was the initial thought process there but i got to imagine the the lack of material to work with poor direction i i think he was trying his best with what he had and it wasn't much yeah he just he clearly does not have this in his wheelhouse at this time and so it's just like they they give him a character that's like all right so you were deeply traumatized by Michael Myers as a little boy and now you've grown up in Miss Blankenship's house and <laughs> and now this is what you've become It's a boarding house run by Miss Blankenship according to Wikipedia. You bet. And <laughs> and so and so he he's on set being like is this right? And it's not and the director's like not paying attention, I guess. So he's just Do like, we, whatever is fine. Who is Steven? Steven is the baby. 
<laughs> oh, right. Paul Rudd names the baby Stephen. Because oh, I guess we can't call it the baby the whole time. Yeah, but it says Stephen in the Wikipedia thing, and I want to see where they first credit Steve. Like, if they say, like, oh, who's Stephen? <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Uh, driving off with their shit. No, 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 no. Hold on. Stephen. Because it says Stephen in the plot summary, and I want to see where it first says Stephen. Because, oh, it's Steven spelled with a V. Excuse me. Ah. Um, up here. Keeps taking me down to the bottom. Okay. Uh, Tommy takes the baby back to his house where he names it Stephen. Okay. It says here, Stephen, um, Stephen is implied. Okay. Loomis confronts Wynn, who reveals that the Smith's Grove staff... All of them have been working with the Thorn cult to study the power of Thorn and learn how to control it. Stephen is implied to be the successful result of experiments to clone Meyer Michael's pure evil. Yeah, and and this <laughs> is this is another thing. Loomis refuses and is knocked out by a doctor. That goes goes back to the like what's going on with Danny thing because Stephen is their plan. Right. They created Rosemary's baby and and here it is. And so now they're trying to get it. But also like they're working on this ten year old boy. Yeah. So it's like a backup. And he doesn't have any relation. He doesn't have the thorn curse. He's just a ten year old boy. I don't know what the what they're possibly planning to do yeah, with him. Like why? Why are they doing that? Maybe, you know, enrollment is low in the cult, so they need to start him young. Why does Michael suddenly kill everybody at the end? I, I do, I do not know. Maybe I, this, he hated the movie as much as we it did. Is, he wanted it to end. This movie is so like untethered. The editing from, is terrible. Like I, I and like the, the the producer's cut or whatever is a little longer, and like I, what, what could they add? I mean, it could it could just be that they fixed all those cuts. Of like when uh, when Kara jumps out the window, and then they immediately just cut it to must. that same shot, but Paul Rudd's in it now, it and says, he's like, "Where'd she go?" This cut of Halloween, <laughs> the Chris Michael Myers, features numerous differences, ranging from different scores and music cues to substantial shifts in plot, particularly <laughs> regarding the film's conclusion. Oh. How could there be a substantial shift in plot? In, and it's like 10 minutes, minutes longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they added more plots. They <laughs> stabbed him with some more slime needles. Kara and... <laughs> awakens on a concrete slab surrounded by the cult members, including Mrs. Blankenship. Wind Secretary Dawn, what? Who cares? Uh, conducts a ceremony in which Michael will kill Stephen as a final sacrifice of innocent blood, after which the curse will pass on to Danny with Kara as his first sacrifice. So that's probably what they're planning on doing. Wait, They're so like putting an end to Michael. Okay. So like once he kills his bloodline, that's the end of the curse for Michael. Yeah. And then they're going to have the kid who they hope to probably control, I would guess. But then my question is, it said in the synopsis that Stephen was the product of their experimentation with Michael blood to create an evil baby. Wow. So then if they're trying to sacrifice an innocent, wouldn't the evil tainted baby not be an innocent? You would think. We're going to have to look this up. Tommy <laughs> uses the power of the ancient ruins to stop Michael in his tracks. Oh, yo. That what? sounds kind of awesome. It says. Like in the regular one or in no, the. It's in the producer one. Okay, in the producer one. He uses the runes to stop him in his tracks. Yeah. That's nice. 
I Oh, which cut of Halloween six did you watch? <laughs> yeah. Ridley Scott made a great cut of <laughs> Halloween six. Oh my god, we have to watch this at night. Um I, I was just I was really just kind of blown away by this movie and you know, I, after watching four and five, I was like, all right, the charm's pretty much gone. These aren't good anymore. <laughs> and then we watched this and I was like, oh, I didn't know what not good was. <laughs> They've set a new low, a new bottom. Uh, but yeah, no, this this was abysmal. This was god awful. <laughs> it was really bad. And like there were certain things where I thought there was actually, I think, just one thing. And it was the death of Jamie that I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, okay. Him pushing her deeper on the thing and then turning it on so oh, yeah. the machine moves. Yeah. Like, that yeah, got a visceral reaction from me. That's very cool in like a horror movie kind of sense. Yeah. Um, but no, it's edited oh. poorly. Michael Myers' hair is longer, <laughs> even though it's a mask he's wearing. There's there's also no conclusion. No, to anything. Mm-mm. Like they inject him with stuff and beat him with a pipe. And so he's disabilitated. Debilitated. I disabilitated good lord i and then loomis is like i have some business to take care of we have no idea what that business was and then it just ends yeah we hear loomis oh that was loomis screaming yeah i I didn't even notice that that. yeah no clue and that scream is from the original ending so you'll see it when we watch it okay i'm gonna find it um, oh. I, I, I did not notice that at all. The scream? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I heard someone screaming, but I didn't recognize it as Loomis. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be Loomis. So that's the end of Loomis, which is like so disappointing. This movie is real trash. And oh, I, yeah. I'm really shocked at how bad it is. Because everyone said like, the oh, the other one's got bad negative reviews and stuff. So like, yeah. what's really the difference between like a 20% and a 9%? Yeah, like what could have happened? You know? But it is far and above worse than far and below worse than uh, four or five. It's just terrible. Yeah, It's painful to watch. Why does he kill that guy in his car? All right. Um, <laughs> star rating out of four. Noah. It's it's just a half. I don't I don't believe in zero stars, so it's a half. Roger Ebert only gave a few of those. They turn something in, so they get partial credit. Um, I've got to agree, half a star, but... I do love me a bad movie. I love watching some MST3K. I will say, I deeply enjoyed watching this. I, I had a lot of fun. I would have loved watching MSTK do this. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, they'd tear it apart. It'd be fun. We were tearing it apart while we watched we it. I, and it, for that, I feel like on the funometer, I'm going to give it four wacky stars. I think that the only reason that you're saying that is because he has not watched Season of the Witch. Oh, you know what I mean? God. We're like, that's a movie that's bad and so bad it's good yeah. that it just makes it good again. See, the, the oh. thing about Six is that, like, imagine watching this movie by yourself. Uh, okay, yeah. Watching this by myself would not be and enjoyable. There's, there's no value at all. You watch Halloween 3, that works with a crowd. That would work on your own. Halloween oh. 3 is just good. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch it at some point. Okay, this, okay. This it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very funny. Um... I'll also have star for me. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Noah, we are ranking these. I think we can keep to a consensus here, it sounds like. So, let's try that. Uh, my ranking right now, top to bottom, is Halloween, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, 
and then Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. The the only real point of contention for me four? is between two and four. And like I don't I don't even know that like I disagree with you. That's just that's the only decision that can be made because I think the rest of those are clearly right. If you want I, I could flip four and two based on the 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 Luma, the the Loomis having more fun and the Jamie Lloyd of it all. Yeah, I I th- I think I would put four over two. Okay. But everything else is uh, is obviously where they go. Five's a little better than four and two. Six is going to be if there's if we watch a movie in this series, I mean, it's if worse it's anything, than six. It's either resurrection <laughs> or uh, the zombies. But I'll be I'll I'll be I'll be gobsmacked. I would be shocked if, if they made something worse, worse than, than this. Six. Yeah, resurrection at least has like Busta Rhymes yelling stuff at Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, that's it. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, you guys, and by you, I, of course, mean you, dear gentle viewer, can uh, find me at twitch.tv slash dandrewstreams. That's dandrewstreams. I uh, stream live every Friday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Come watch me play video games and do some sick goofs. Yeah, he's very rambunctious up there you really are <laughs> you can um, probably hear me in the background on some of these podcasts it's a, it's a ton of well, we don't record a Friday. It's, it's it's a ton of fun uh and uh your energy and your enthusiasm for it really makes it a lot of fun so i i recommend that oh, as well thank you um that's it so uh next week we have uh halloween h2o the return of jamie lee curtis her last two movies in the franchise until, <laughs> until later. <it's> not. <laughs> uh, Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection with uh, another special guest. Yeah. Uh, we, got an early, we got an early reaction, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very excited about you, that. You've played this game since you were but a wee boy. Hydro now Thunder the movie. it's finally <laughs> being released on the big screen in animated form. It is, of course, the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's a wonderful title or the Super Mario Bros movie, as they prefer to call it. Noah hasn't seen this trailer. I have, but we're going to watch it. Noah will give his instant reaction and his prediction for what it will make on opening weekend. We're going to have to turn the mics off, uh, but don't worry. It'll sound fine because, as always, it'll be seamless. The Super Mario Bros. movie releasing April 7th, 2023 from Universal Pictures and Illumination. Noah. Yeah. What do we think of the trailer? I... Here's here's what I'll say, and this is my uh, my honest reaction and yeah. my somewhat surprised reaction. Yeah, I I say somewhat because the stuff with Chris Pratt does not excite me at all. The rest of it kind of does, like the Bowser stuff. He's Jack Black. That's great from Jack Black. Like seemed good, right? That's that. It's a great voice. And that was a that was Charlie Day coming in as Luigi at the end. Charlie Day's Luigi. Yeah, I don't. The uh, who's the 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 blue guy? I the penguin? like the penguin. I, I no, I but like, what's the character? The I couldn't tell you the name of the uh, of the, the character. Hmm. Uh, that sounds like that's uh, Keegan Michael Key, but he's credited as Toad. Okay, With, but he has a, They really pitched him. I was going to so say maybe, that maybe, does not sound. Maybe like... he's doing two, and they pitched him up. Okay, uh, Anya Taylor Joy is Princess Peach. Uh, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Okay. So what do we think? I mean, I agree. That first bit looks fun. 
I think this I is, think the Mario thing will be fine. I just think it's going to be, you know. This is one of those instances where like like I to- I totally get it why movies have movie stars in them instead of professional voice actors. Uh because movie stars are movie stars mm-hmm. and voice actors are not. And like sometimes it works out fine. Charlie Day has a funny voice. I like listening to him talk. Uh Jack Black, funny voice, good with his voice. I just I don't think Chris Pratt has that. Right. And so when just Mario pops out of a tube and then it's just Chris Pratt being like, Where am I? Like that's he's sucks. doing a little bit of a thing. Well, the thing he's doing sucks. Yeah. I and like that's like it's it's not even about like he doesn't have a New York accent or whatever. It's right. just it's bad. Uh and that's a bummer. And he's like the sure. star of the movie, so I'm kind of expecting it to be a big bummer movie wise. But the rest of it, I was like, yeah, this is like, it seem, seems funny. Well, that's like, great. Good. That's very exciting. I, yeah, I, I, was, I, I was very I like surprised the, by uh, that reaction myself. I, I like the snowball bit if, when it zooms out and it's doing nothing. Yeah. And they bring a catapult and it doesn't. I like that that's one shot. I think that's nice. Um, All right. April 7th, Illumination. Yeah, Illumination. Pretty good. They do well with their films. What do you got? I... I I mean I still have a really hard time with the animated movies in the scheme of today. Mm-hmm. I I'm gonna say it's big though. I'm gonna say this is gonna open to sixty five million dollars. Okay. All right, marked it down. Uh, Noah, recommend a movie for the folks for this week slash weekend. All right, this weekend I did already recommend Smile. I did we? Yeah, I think I think we both we did saw that it last. on Tuesday. I don't remember I when we recorded. Hmm. Do we record after we got back? I think so. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, because we saw Avatar yeah, on yeah, one yeah. day, so yeah, yeah. We must have. Uh, and yeah, smile. Uh, smile was quite good, but I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to go two in a row. Sure. I. Uh, so uh, what? What do we got? Is ha- Halloween? Is this coming weekend? Halloween ends this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I. I'm not. I'm not optimistic, but I want to remain hopeful. Sure. Because the Halloween franchise is very important to the both of us. Yes. And these movies are one for one. And it's possible that this one's also good. Possible. Uh, you know, I've said this uh, I've said this several times. If Halloween, the remake sucked, and then Halloween Kills was good, we'd be going into this with optimism. Sure. But because it was the other way around, it just seems like it's doomed. And that's not necessarily fair, even though I still think it's ultimately going to be right. I. Uh, so, yeah, check out Halloween Ends. Right. Hope for the best. Have some fun. Well, I'm doing what I do a lot of the time, and I am sh- winging it. I'm uh, I'm throwing a curveball. That's the that's the term I'm looking for. Okay. Um, it's spooky season, and I know you got movie theaters in your area that are showing some old horror movies. We got plenty of them. We got three of them here in Chicago. Yeah. I know that there's one near you. If it's in a major city, then that's fine. But they're showing movies like Carrie and The Shining and Psycho and Train to Busan and all these kind of movies. So do yourself a, give yourself a treat. Yeah, go out, go out there, go see these movies it. with fans, because that's who's going to the late night showings of Halloween. Yes, is the Halloween fans. Yes. Uh, so I that- say, find your, um, find your horror classic. Yeah, and see it. 
And uh, and that's that's my recommendation. I, gr- I think that's a great idea. Plug us up. I'm with you. You can find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at witboxoffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brian DeServer, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Uh, our podcast not so scary, so it's a great thing to listen to after you've watched. That's true. We're not the so most scary. Uh, the most recent horror movie of the month. You know, like put it put us on before bed. Listen to us as you sleep. Oh, that's nice. I think we're doing a walk. We're doing a walk. Well, that's that was in a movie, wasn't it? Ah, that was a Simpsons bit. Oh yeah, it's Homer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's doing sounds of the yeah. sea. All right, um, next week is a big week. It's all it's Halloween week, really. Halloween ends and flick or treat. We're doing uh, Halloween H two on Halloween Resurrection with a special guest. I mean, it doesn't get more Halloween than this here at What's in the Box Office. We'll see you next week. I've been your host Brian, and I've been your host Noah. Until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie. <laughs>